Welcome to the Shelf Made Podcast, your weekly snackable size podcast for the consumer packaged good industry. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Shelf Made Podcast. We made it to episode 17. Today we are joined by Jordan Buckner of Food Bevy and we are talking about product market fit. This is a term that I hear every day since joining the tech industry, but I just didn't hear it that often when I still worked in CPG. I think brands don't truly understand what product market fit is and when they have achieved it. So I wanted to get Jordan on the podcast to discuss and share his formula to achieving this goal. Without further ado, here's this week's interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of the Shelf Made podcast. Very excited to have my good friend Jordan Buckner on the pod this week uh, from Food Bevy. Uh, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to give a quick background on yourself and kind of what you do over at Food Bevy? Totally, Cameron. Appreciate it. So excited to be on. So my name is Jordan Buckner. I'm the founder of Food Bevy, an online platform to connect emerging food and beverage founders with great partners and resources to really help grow your business. And so got started in this, uh, ran my own brand for the past five years and created the platform that I wish existed when I started to help me find buyers, co-manufacturers, investors, and discounts for growing my business. Awesome. And then what was the brand that you had worked out prior? Or yeah, so prior? previously found the T-Squares, which is a line of superfood energy bars. Awesome. And then, so the, the topic that we want to dive into today is really product market fit. And so we work with hundreds of brands here at WeSock. I think a lot of brands come to us thinking that they have product market fit because they've got a few orders, they've got a little bit of traction, but we don't really don't know if that they have product market fit at scale quite yet. And so I wanted to kind of talk to you about what your opinion on product market fit is. When do you think a brand actually hits that? And what are some of the metrics that brands can look out for um, when they think they're at product market fit? Completely. And so running my own business and starting my own food company, I thought this as well, right? Make a product, get it out into the world and people will buy it. And it doesn't quite work that way. There's a lot of steps that are involved in terms of getting your product on shelf, getting into the right consumer and making sure that people actually want it. And a lot of founders generally think that there's this like loose idea of if people like my product or not but really fail to look at the data and the information to understand like if there's a true demand for your product and how big that is. And that's really to borrow word from, or the term from the tech industry called product market fit, which is understanding that there's A, a demand for your product for initial purchase, B, it's solving a need, and three, those customers are coming back to it repeatedly. And so are you measuring product market fit as velocity mostly? So, there's a couple of different ways of thinking about product market fit. There's looking at like your velocity, your repeat rate, but there's one good uh, resource that I actually came across a couple months ago and looking at what actually makes for product market fit. And it's really simple. And so it comes down to asking, um, you know, really for a company that struggled to find that growth, almost had less than 40% of their customers respond that they would be disappointed without trying their product. And so it's really as simple as asking customers, like, how disappointed will you be by not trying my product or if my product didn't exist? And if 
someone would not be disappointed. That means there's alternatives. They're not really connected to your product or brand. But if someone is really disappointed, if your product didn't exist at all, then there's something there. There's something sticky where they want to come back to you and they will come back to you over and over again. And so you know, this is something I actually found from, from Sean Ellis, who actually ran growth from Dropbox, where he said, you know, just ask a user how they would feel if you could no longer use the product and measure the percentage you respond very disappointed. And for him, he found that the magic number was 40%. And so that's really the metric that I use and looking at um, companies to understand if they have that or not. And frankly, I use that for T-squares. So I looked at with T-squares, how many people would be disappointed if our product didn't exist? And you know what? It was actually under 40%. It wasn't great, right? There was some work to be done and we didn't quite get to that amount. And we saw that with our sales. Our initial trial was pretty good. Our repeat rate was okay, but something wasn't really resonating. And so that allowed me to make tweaks to the actual product to understand what would make it more attractable to customers. Are there things that you think that brands think are product market fit that aren't quite product market fit? Like, I know a lot of times they'll get anecdotal information from friends and family. Um, they'll do really well at a farmer's market and, and a small kind of subset of customers. And they think that that gives them the kind of cachet to go out and expand from there. Are, are there certain mistakes um, that you're seeing brands make when it comes to not fully identifying what product market fit really means for them? Yeah, the biggest thing that I see is um, number of door growth. So as a food brand, it's fairly, it is challenging, but once you get the momentum, it's fairly easy to get retailers to say yes to bringing in your product on shelf. What's really hard is selling your product off of shelf. And so when you talk to founders, they often say like, hey, I just started this new retailer. I just started at 10 new retailers or hundred. This is a really cool opportunity. And they think that is a driver for how well their product is doing. Where in reality, it's really about how well you sell to the end customer. So how many of those customers are then going into the store, finding your product and then buying? And so that really comes down to what's your velocity in each store? So how many units you're selling? And then what's your velocity growth? So how, um, how frequently are, are people purchasing and is that increasing? So would you say that product market fit is can be almost bought or, or almost forced by with the promotions that you're putting in place and making sure that you have a good strategy in place when you get into these new retail partners? It can to a degree. So I think there's kind of two levels. There's velocity growth, which can be driven by promos and um, sales in-cap displays. That, that's kind of like the purchase part. But what's more important is when you stop all promotions, how many people come back to your product? I think right. that's really product market fit because those tools are best used for driving um, initial trial and as like a reminder, but you know, what's your unaided purchase amount uh, and purchase rate? And I think that's really telling is if a brand is successful or not. Otherwise you'll be stuck in a loop where you're constantly relying on uh, venture capital money and fundraising to really push sales and without that being or organic sales within your company. Yeah. And I think if you're not in stores or, or don't have a ton of density in, in stores yet, looking at your repeat purchasing cycle off your website um, is probably also a huge indicator for that as well. It definitely is. So I think that's huge. And then your the frequency of the repurchases as well. You can get a sense of how often people are using your product and then how long they're coming back for. You know, a lot of brands you hear about talking about uh, measuring your lifetime value as a customer and 
you might think like, oh, let me assume there'll be a customer for two years or three years. What I actually tell brands is to be really conservative and use your current lifetime value as your measurement rate so that hopefully that's continuing to grow. It's going to look really low, right? If that's an average of like 1.5 purchases or something. But what you're really looking to do is how can you push that number up versus assuming something that's really great and grand and unrealistic and having to pull that down. Yeah, I kind of agree with that more. And I think I think you you kind of uh, you talked about tech a few times. Like obviously, me making the switch from CPG to tech, like CAC, LTV, like product market fit. It's terms you don't hear a lot into CPG, but when you're dialed into it, it makes it a lot easier to grow your brand. But also, I think a lot of CPG brands struggle to to raise, especially going from that C round to, to that Series A round. And so I think understanding your product market fit is crucial, not just for growing your business, but also uh, securing fundraising in the future. I'll say that says you probably found too, like one of the number way, one ways of securing investment is having a very clear understanding of your business metrics and numbers. And that's what investors are looking for. They, they want to know that you have a good story. They want to know that you're passionate about it, but that doesn't move a needle for them. If you can show that you have a you know lifetime value of $200 and an acquisition cost of $20, then that just says you need to pump more money and just getting more customers because you're going to make money with every customer. And that's a great business decision for any investor to make. Right. We already have the process figured out. We just need to pump more money into that one process and expand it for sure. Exactly. But I think what's hard is that when early stage companies look at their real numbers, it's actually kind of disappointing because they don't look that great. (laughs) And so they add a lot of fluff on top to make themselves feel better, but take the hard reality, look at your disappointing numbers and use that as a motivation to improve. Yeah. Product market fit isn't like vanity metrics, right? Like, like Facebook followers, Instagram followers, like uh, product reviews, things like that. Like the slides that buyers get that just don't mean anything. Like you really have to be honest with yourself about repeat purchasing, you know, um, dollars per week, per store, per SKU, things like that. Um, I think those are the true kind of uh, markers for product market fit. No, totally agree. And one thing that I actually did is put together a product market fit calculator so that brands can really look at what your current numbers are. And by following this process, essentially a survey that you send out to your customers to understand what they like about your product and how this point they would be without it. And as a brand, you can use this right now to measure your score to determine how close you are to having a product that people love and will continue to buy. And so Cameron, I know you're gonna share out a link to that, but I think that's a really great tool. It's free for everyone to use, implement this in your business to really understand how to build a great product early on. Yeah, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. I think that this is a super important conversation for brands to have with themselves early on versus later on. Uh, understand what your metrics are, understand what true product market fit is, and really double down talking to your customers, especially those early adopters, and see why they're coming back to purchase your product and could they you know, live without you or not. And I think that's going to really drive a lot of the decisions you make in the future. Uh, Jordan, where's the best place uh, that brands or entrepreneurs can kind of find you, reach out to you, and get more information on Food Bevy and how it might be able to help their business? Yeah, totally. So I think first off, any brands listening, you can create a free brand profile on our directory. Just go to foodbevy.com, click on the brand section, you can get set up. And that's something that's searched by investors, media contacts, and retailers as they're looking for new products. And then we also have our premium services on there you can take a look at. And then feel free to follow us on social and at Food Bevy or on LinkedIn, you can follow us as well. Always putting out great content for the community. 
Awesome, Jordan. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for uh, jumping on and appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's interview. If you have any other questions, please visit us at WeStock.io and be sure to go check out our new website, which will be live on Wednesday. Thank you so much for your continued support and we'll see you next week.